to the book of Luke. Tell somebody next to you, I'm so glad you came to church today. Amen. Luke chapter 1. As you're getting there, but right before we get into the message, I want to make an, uh, an announcement this morning that we um, were growing. Praise God. Amen. I remember the day when that we didn't have that many mothers uh, or that many people in the whole church, let alone just mothers. And God is really, really building the church. And we, we started doing two services on Sunday mornings exactly a month and a week ago on Easter. And we just kind of did it to try it to see how it would go and did it by faith. And God has really honored it. And uh, we've grown by about 50 or 60 people in a month by having these two services. Amen. So I just wanted to announce that and thank all of you for coming and uh, continue to come. And we're, we're, we're getting um, to where uh, this, this service is still a little bit bigger than the other one. But this morning it was pretty even. I think there was quite a few people in our first service. And um, we had some good food after. And we'll have some after this morning as well. We have some fellowship refreshments and some food for anybody who wants to stay after and just hang out a little bit. Amen. So, I want to talk this morning about three women in the Bible. I want to honor all of you women, all of you mothers, and all of you mothers-to-be, because there's some women in here who, who will be mothers someday, amen? And we just want to encourage you through the Word by looking at some of the great examples in the Bible of mighty women of God. And right before we get into Luke 1... I wanted to give you some mother's advice. I, th- I love to tell uh, funny jokes, and I, f- I found a few that I thought were funny. And so, mothers, if you feel like you're getting tense and you get a headache, I think the best instructions that you could take is follow what the, bo- the bottle of aspirin says. Take two tablets and then keep away from children. <laughs> right? That would help. Any headache and any tenseness. I like what this one husband said. He said, my kids are old enough now to go out on their own and get their own mom a Mother's gift, Mother's Day gift she won't like. <laughs> Not that they're picky or anything. It's just hard. Moms are tough, right? It's tough to find something so good for a mom. Here's my favorite one, though. My mom did this a lot. My mom's in the hospital this morning. Did, you tell, did my dad tell you guys how she's doing? He forgot. Did he? The second service? I don't think he did. I think he did the first service, but he got he got he forgot the second. She's doing great, by the way. Um, I testified Wednesday night. I kind of talked about it a little bit, but she she got a pacemaker put in, and she's like a new woman. She's got a lot of energy and she's feeling great. So she's in a rehab right now for about a week, so she can get her strength back up. But she's doing fine, and she wants to thank all of you for your prayers and your love and your support. And uh, it really, I'm not going to go into that this morning, but it really, it's actually a miracle she's alive. She shouldn't be with us. God saved her life again. Uh, she had, uh, her heartbeat, her heartbeat was down in the 20s, heart rate per minute. And so God really saved her life. And uh, with this pacemaker, dad's going to be stuck with her for a long time. Amen. Amen. <laughs> Praise the Lord. But my mom would do this a lot. Here's, here's moms will clean up anything and everything. It's scientifically proven that a mom's spit is the exact chemical composition of Formula 409. (laughs) Put mom's spit on a Kleenex and you can get rust off of a bumper. Amen. How many remember your mom? 
I do. I'm marked forever. Amen. And some of you moms are, are becoming like that. How many have seen, I think it's the Geico commercial where they, or maybe it's progressive, where the, the guy begins, begins to be like his parents. Those are so funny, those commercials. And here's the here's last one. You can still do this today. You can still take advantage of this. If your husband asks, what do you want for Mother's Day? He says, I asked my wife what you'd like for Mother's Day. And she said, I want you to get in the car with all the kids, and I want you to drive seven hours east and then come back. That'll be my gift. Amen. <laughs> Here's a great idea for some of you moms to ask your husbands. Get in the car with all the kids. Drive. Amen. Luke chapter 1. I want to talk about uh, the boldness of moms. And, and, you know, I think about, we're going to talk about Mary here for a second in Luke chapter 1, verse 26. And as we do, I think about a mo- any mom who's ever given birth to a child is already my hero. Amen. To, to, that's a, enough in itself. It's a very uh, difficult thing. And although I think when a mom has birth, a se- gives birth a second time, she becomes a little bit crazy. Because if it was guys, guys, how many know we'd be one and done? We would not, there would be no multi-child families. And we'd be like, hey, I did my part, I'm done. There'd be no two and three, and I want to have more kids and all that stuff. It wouldn't happen. But thank God, God knew moms would be strong, extra strong. Verse 26, now in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth. To a virgin betrothed, or in other words, engaged to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. And having come in, the angel said to her, rejoice, highly favored one. The Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. And when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying, and considered what manner of greeting this was. Then the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son and shall call his name Jesus. And he will be great, and he will be called the Son of the Highest, and the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. Father, I pray this morning for just a few minutes that you would anoint your word through my mouth and to to these ears this morning that as men and women this morning, we would walk out of here challenged. We would walk out of here encouraged. We'd walk out of here with revelation from your word, Father. And we, we would walk out of here honoring and thanking you for placing such strong women in our lives who are such great mothers this morning, mothers of compassion, mothers of boldness, mothers of strength, mothers of love. We thank you for this day that we can honor them, and we ask that you would just fulfill your word today. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said? I want to talk a little bit about some stories in the Bible where some women went through some real adversity for us to have what we have today. You know, we, we, we sometimes, and I'm going to go to another story in a moment, we see the end result of things. We see maybe a man or a woman who's really doing something in their life, and of course we put even more honor if it's for God. Someone's really serving God. Someone's really living for the Lord, and we say, man, what a good child. What a good person. What a good career. And we don't really realize the struggles that a mom had to go through to get that child to that place. I still think it's uh, very interesting and symbolic that every time you ever see an athlete on TV that gets interviewed, who do they always think? 
And I mean, they had to have had a dad, right, because they'd be here. But they always thank mom. Mom's got a special place in a person's heart, amen. And I, I truly believe that moms are special. And like I said, that's why God chose women to be the mother, to be the one who gave birth. But you look at someone like Mary, and you see that she was highly favored, and you see that she was blessed among women. And, and a lot of times we can take that to be that she was chosen um, just because she was special, but she wasn't special because just because her name was Mary. She was special because she was doing things in her life that put her in a position to be chosen by God to be used because God knew he had to have a woman that would fulfill what he was asking her to do. She's getting these words from this angel that she's going to have a child, and she knows she has not been with a man. So she knows that, that that doesn't even sound possible. And she's thinking, what are you talking about? How in the world am I going to give birth to the Son of God? I mean, it's enough that I'm going to give birth, but you're going to, I'm going to give birth to the Son of God, to the, to, the, to the highest of highest, to the Lord of lords, who's going who's gonna to have a throne. I'm just a, a humble little girl. She was very young when she got these words. And she had to take these words. We today have our Savior, Jesus Christ, because Mary and Joseph were willing to obey God's word. And look, look what she does in the next verse down in verse 34. Mary says to the angel, how can this be since I do not know a man? And that, that's, that's a strong statement. She says this is not possible. Then the angel makes it even more crazy and says the, the Holy Spirit is going to come upon you and overshadow you and the Holy One who is to be born will be called the Son of God. How many know it took some real boldness by Mary to say, okay, I received that news. I believe you. I'm going to have a baby, although I've never been with a man. That's some real faith. Amen? That's some real boldness. And then on top of that, I'm, the, kind of the theme this morning the most is what I want you to think about is the strength and boldness that a mother has to have to see things happen in life because as she gets those words, you know, today maybe in society it's maybe not as big of a deal that someone has a child without being married. Back in those days, that was a, that was a stoning. If someone was caught in adultery or someone had a child out of wedlock, they were stoned. And so she's taking these words and she's saying, you know what, I believe this, and I'm going to be bold enough to accept this, even though it could cost me my life. We talk about Jesus and how he gave his life, and he is our Savior this morning. But thank God Mary said, I'll, I'll be bold enough to take this news and receive the Son of God, the child of God from heaven, and, and put that, that fear factor on my life and say yes to that answer. Today, there's so many men and women around the world who are doing great things for God because of a mom who sacrificed. Amen. A mom who, who gave in, a mom who, 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 who did things that, that nobody else saw. That's one of the things I want you to realize this morning. A lot of times things are done by moms, especially, especially moms that are, not, that are not patted on the back for. Moms have something made in them that God put there that they don't need a pat on the back for. They just do it out of instinct. They just do it because they're supposed to. They just do it because it's right. Amen. Thank God this morning for that spirit that is in a mother that's just instinct. Amen. It's a powerful thing. Now, I want you to go back to the book of Exodus, and I want to talk about a story and Moses. I'm talking about two, two of the most important men in the Bible 
that would not be here and would not have come through life, would not have done what they did for us today if it wasn't for moms, powerful, powerful moms who obeyed the word of God. Exodus chapter 2. I want to show you something as we read this story this morning that's very interesting, and and I was telling the first service that this was really uh, interesting for me. How many have ever read a story, read the Bible, know the story, know the situation, and then you read it again and you find something you've never seen before? How many have seen that? It it blows me away that no matter how many times you can read the Bible, God can show you something new. And I think a lot of times in in life, because how many know we all have a story here? We're all part of a story. God, God I, love, I love what John chose for the prayer today when he talked about Jeremiah 29, 11, uh, and 13, where he says, God, God says, I know the thoughts I think towards you, the plans that I have for you. He says in Jeremiah 1 that I knew, that I knew you when you were in your mother's womb, before you were even conceived. Can you, can you believe that this morning, that God had thoughts about you before you were ever conceived? That's hard for our minds to wrap around, but God had a plan for us today, and we're part of a story. God's got a a story for our life. He's got a plan for our life, but that story does not happen without other people. Other people have to get involved. If you start thinking about your life and what you are doing right now, physically, work-wise, career-wise, and more important than anything, spiritually for God, you're doing it because people spoke into your life. You're doing it because people made sacrifices for you to get you into a position. How many, how many people do I have here this morning that had a mom that prayed for them? And you know that you got saved because your mom prayed for you. How about a grandma? Man, thank God for grandmas. Grandmas, I mean, I've heard so, over my lifetime, I've heard so many, and I'm, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a, 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 a benefit of that as well. So many people said, man, my grandma prayed me in. My grandma kept praying. I was blessed this morning to have a mom and a grandma, both sides, who prayed for me, amen, and loved the Lord and served the Lord and spoke things over my life. But I want to show you something in this story. If you look at verse 1 of chapter 2, and it says, a man of the house of Levi went and took as a wife a daughter of Levi. So the woman conceived and bore a son. And when she saw that she was a beautiful child, she hid him for three months. Now, right before we read on, I'm just going to give you background so you know where we're coming from. Because we read the Bible too much. We read the story too much, but we don't understand what went into it. Amen? So when someone talks about your story or you talk about your story, you got to realize there's a lot of moving parts. There's a lot of reasons why you're here this morning. And how many know that you, you might not should be here this morning? You should be dead already. You should be someplace else. Maybe you should be uh, in, in some kind of addiction. Maybe you should be in jail. Maybe you should, you should be in the hospital. But God has done some things in your life to orchestrate for you to be here this morning. This, this woman, this daughter of, of a Levi that marries this man and conceives and has a child and hid him three months is the mother of Moses, the type of Christ of the Old Testament that we know and the story goes on. How many have ever seen a movie and you know how the movie ends? It's, it, sometimes it's a spoiler. Sometimes it's fun to know because you can appreciate the story more. Or you go back and watch something you've already seen and you see something different. But this woman that we're reading about right here it, that just had a child is the mom of Moses. The great man of God, Moses, who what? Eventually set all the Israelites free. 
from slavery, led them out. We, we see the Moses who held the, the stick and, and parted the Red Sea. We see all these miracles that he did and all these amazing things. He got the one that goes up on the mountain, gets the tablets of the, the Ten Commandments. But we don't realize mom, if it wasn't for mom, Moses never would have done that stuff. But I want to show you something interesting in this story this morning is it's sometimes it takes more than one. Sometimes it takes two. Sometimes it takes three people to have a destiny come to, come to pass. So you're with me here that she's had this child. Why is she hiding him for three months? Because Pharaoh has said every male child that's born must die. Every single, so he's trying to control the population. He does not want a king to come and take his place. And so he tells the midwives, which was very uh, popular at that time, very used, midwives would come in and help the ladies have their babies. And he told the midwives, he gave them a direction. He said, if you have a male child, you are to execute him immediately. And the midwives began to say, we can't do this. And, and they began to do things to, to protect. And that's another story as well. But in this part of the story, we see that she's hidden this, this boy. And now we're going to pick up in verse 3. And it says, but when she could hide him no longer, she took an ark of bulrushes for him, dabbed it with asphalt and pitch, and put the child in it, and laid it in the reeds, by the river's bank. Moms, how many of you could imagine having birth, giving birth to that child and immediately handing him into, uh, not just to somebody like some people do in adoption, can you imagine hand, putting your son into a river in a basket, thinking this is the only way I'm going to save my child's life. She had hit him as long as she could, and she puts him in this basket. Now, this is what I want you to see that I think is really amazing. I had never seen this before. Maybe some of you had, but I had never noticed this before. Look what verse 4 says. And his sister stood afar off. His sister, whose sister? Moses' sister stood afar off to know what would be done to him. Now, she, she gets involved. We don't see in the narrative here that the Bible says specifically that, that Moses' mom says, hey, honey, go watch and see what happens to your brother. But regardless of what was said, she goes. She goes, and I want you to picture the danger. She goes and, and begins to watch this boy that she knows is her brother that will die if, somebody, if the wrong people find him. And so she's putting herself in risk. She's putting her neck on the line to go and watch where this boy goes. And as she watches, watch what happens in verse 5. It says, then the daughter of Pharaoh. So here we see a third woman come into play, comes down to bathe at the river. And her maidens walked along the riverside. And when she saw the ark among the reeds, she sent her maid to get it. So then we see that she opens it up. Verse 6, sees the child, and behold, the baby's crying. And watch this. She had compassion on him. Now watch this. and says, this is one of the Hebrews' children. So now we see a third woman come into play who is putting her neck on the line more than anybody because she has just recognized that the boy she just found is a Hebrew boy. Guess who told the rule, who made the rule to kill the boy that's not supposed to be alive? Her dad. Now, she has found a boy that her dad said should be dead, 
most women or most people, most men for sure, would have said, oh, look at that cute little boy and kicked him down the river some more, amen? Just be honest. Y'all looking at me like you're super spiritual. But I might have been like, okay, he's alive. Lord, I pray someone, the right person picks him up, okay? But he, she didn't. She leaned down, knowing he was a Hebrew boy, knowing if she picks him up, she is now doing something illegal, not just to the law, but to the law of her own, husband, her own father who is king. That's bold. You see, all this stuff that's taking place, we see the ultimate picture of Moses, but this doesn't happen if, if Moses' mom doesn't do what she does, if Moses' sister doesn't do what she does, if Pharaoh's daughter doesn't do what she does. And then watch, watch this boldness, the sister, watch what she does. In verse 7, then his sister said to Pharaoh's daughter, shall I go and call a nurse for you from the Hebrew women that she may nurse the child for you? So now this woman is crazy enough in her head and has the instincts of a mom. We don't know at this point if she's a mom or not. We just know she's the sister. But she has the instincts to go close enough to Pharaoh's daughter, knowing that that's her brother who's a Hebrew who's going to be dead if the wrong people find him, goes up boldly to this woman and says, hey, do you want me to, she don't even know who she is. Do you want me to go find a woman to nurse your child? That's boldness. That's a lot of boldness. That's a lot of strength. Amen? And, and we see what she says. And Pharaoh's daughter, you know what Pharaoh's daughter could have said? Who are you? Pharaoh's daughter could have said, away with you. Pharaoh's daughter could have done all kinds of things. But remember, God is using this woman full of compassion to do something amazing. And it says, Pharaoh's daughter said, go. Now, she could have said, go to jail. She could have said, go back to your house. She could have said, said, go die. She could have said a lot of things, but she said, go. And the maiden went and called the child's mother. So now Moses' sister is talking to Pharaoh's daughter about his own mother. And he gets Moses' mom back involved again. That takes boldness. Then Pharaoh's daughter, verse 9, says to her, take the child away and nurse him for me, and I will give you your wages. So the woman took the child and nursed him. And the child grew, and she brought him to Pharaoh's daughter, and he became her son, and she called his name Moses, saying, because I drew him out of the water. See, a lot of times, we, we, again, we hear the end result of a story. We never know the sacrifice that's been placed in a person's life. Amen? How many, how many know that we're all guilty of that? We can look at somebody who's successful. We can look at somebody who's done something big. Maybe it's in a career or in athletics or something or a per- famous person or someone who maybe has it all together. We don't realize the sacrifices that people made, especially moms, for their kids to get to that place. Amen. I'm saying this this morning because I honor the position and the power of a woman who, who says, I'm going to sacrifice for my kids. And, you know, I don't have this in my notes, but I think this morning about the two women who were prostitutes and they went before Solomon. How many know that story? And, and, and they both had children and and, and Solomon, Solomon gets this, this, this story uh, or this, this position to be king, and he's asked God for all this wisdom. And, and, and God says, okay, you want wisdom? Let me test it real quick. And two women come before him, and, and they, they were living in the same house, and they both had babies. 
and, and one night one rolled over on their child and killed their child. And so the other one said it was, they were started doing the blame game of whose child died and who's, who's, who killed who and all this stuff. And so they bring this dead child before Solomon and they say, hey, what are we going to do? She rolled over and the other one says, no, she rolled over and they begin to fight. So Solomon says in his wisdom, go get a sword and cut the alive one in half. So you can each have a half of a dead baby. And the mother who's really the mother of the one who's alive says, no, don't cut the baby. She can have her. Man, what a powerful story. Amen. That's the sacrifice that a mom does. She'd rather have her son live and not be hers. And the other mom says, no, cut him in half. And Psalm says, now I know who the true mom is. Because the mom who sacrificed Amen. So many of us here today are, 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 are uh, benefiting from the sacrifice that our moms made. Are moms perfect? No, of course not. But moms make so much sacrifice for us. I want us to go to Mark uh, chapter 7, if you would. I'm going to close with this story this morning. I just thought about these three women. Now, the first two women I talked about, and I'm going to end with this, are, are, are women we know. We know the story of Moses. Matter of fact, people who've never been to church have heard of Moses. People who've never been to church have heard of Jesus. So we, we know but about these people, but these women that are mighty. But here's another woman who doesn't really have any, any name in the Bible, who I thought faith was really powerful. And I want to read in Mark chapter 7, verse 24. Give me an amen if you're there. This will be the last story this morning. It says, from there he arose, Jesus is preaching, and he's doing what, he, what, what he's doing, you know, healing people, and he's going from city to city. It says, he went to the region of Tyre and Sidon, and he entered a house and wanted no one to know it, but he could not be hidden. He was doing so many miracles, they were following everywhere he went. It says, because a woman whose young daughter had an unclean spirit or a demonic spirit heard about him, and she came and fell at his feet. Now watch this. This goes right in line with everything we're talking about. The woman was a Greek, Syrophoenician by birth, and she kept asking him to cast the demon out of her daughter. So now we see culturally again, a woman needs a healing for her daughter, but she is a Syrophoenician woman. She is from Syria. She's from a, a different region. She is uh, Greek. She's from a different place. She's got all kinds of different ethnicities in her that do not allow her, especially in that time of culture, to go talk to a Hebrew man, which is Jesus. So she shouldn't even be around this man. She shouldn't even be going near him. We know that before Christ went to the cross, he came for the Jewish people first. We know that later on, we know that he died for everybody, but he came first for his house, and he came for the Jewish people to die for them, and so he was always preaching to his people. And so this man is thrown off, Jesus is thrown off guard by this woman who comes who is not a Hebrew person, and he sees a boldness in her, but watch how he tests her. How many, how many know there's always tests before a testimony? Always a test. A lot of times we want the testimony, but we don't want the test. And that's great. I don't like tests either. But I've realized in my life, if I want a testimony, i got to have a test. And so this woman, Jesus says, let me test her. He says, verse 27, let the children be filled first. 
For it is not good to take the children's bread and throw it to the little dogs. Now, I said in the first service, right there, some woman, some women would have been like, hmm, did he just call me a dog? Right? Some women, I'm not saying anybody here, some women might not have got the healing that day. Because they'd be like, no, no, you did not. Just call me a dog. Right? I'm a, do I, okay, I know there's no women in here, but you know somebody who's like that, or maybe you were like that B.C., before Christ. But what does she say? She says, yes, Lord, yes, Lord, yet even the little dogs under the table eat from the children's crumbs. God speaks through her mouth to Jesus, and she says a humble answer. Yes, Lord, but even the dogs eat the crumbs. And because she said that instead of reacting like, no, you didn't say that to me. No, you didn't call me a dog. She, instead of doing that, she answers that way. And look at verse 29. Then he said to her, for this saying, go your way. The demon has gone out of your daughter. So boldness, wisdom, salted words, humility are all in this woman to get this miracle and 30 says and when she'd come to her house she found the demon gone out and her daughter lying on the bed healed amen these are just three stories that i chose this morning of mighty mighty women of god and i want to tell you this morning i believe there's some mighty women of god in this place that maybe you're not in the bible but you're in the book. Did you know that, that Malachi says that everything we do goes in a book of remembrance? Everything, those, the, sometimes those sacrifices you thought nobody saw, they're being written down. God sees those things. God sees the sacrifice. God sees the hurts. Did you know, moms, that the Bible says that our tears are in a bottle? He, he knows your hurts. We read it earlier in Jeremiah that he, he knows the thoughts he thinks towards you. And guess what? God's thoughts are not bad thoughts. They're good thoughts. They're thoughts of peace and of an ex- a future hope and an expected end. And he loves you this morning. Some of you here are saying, man, I've made some major mistakes. But you know what? You've already fixed a major mistake by being in church this morning. I've messed up and I would have done some things different. But if you're here this morning, you're in the, you're in the right place. And God has, has already fixed some of those problems. You might be here and say, man, I, I've, I, I don't have any, any chance to make things right. God is a God of grace. Amen. And he, he wants to do something powerful in your life, but he needs you to step out in boldness. And if you've been doing right for a while, keep doing right. Keep raising your kids in the way they should go. Amen. I was, I was so blessed in Costa Rica. I was a little frustrated at first, but I was so blessed when we started our church to have so many powerful, strong women come into our church. Now, I needed men to help build that church, too. It's still God's will for the man to lead, by the way. The Bible says that. It's still God's will for the man to lead. I need someone to amen to what the Bible says. It's still God's will for the man to lead. We need men to rise up. But so many women have taken the place of the man because the man didn't stand up. 
And the man didn't do what he was supposed to do, and he didn't lead. And in Costa Rica, I saw these women who would bring their kids into church. And the man was, maybe he was working, but he wasn't there. And they stood in the gap. I've heard stories here. My mom did it for a long time. My dad was busy working. He was, he was just trying to take care of the family. And my mom took us to church. Thank God for women who stand up and say, you know what, whether my husband goes or not, I'm going to go. I'm going to go stand in the gap for, for my family. I'm going to lead. Thank God for those grandmas. I have so many friends that I play basketball that tell me that their grandma took them to church. That's why they know the, the Bible. That's why they know the God, because that grandma took them. The parents weren't invested, but the grandma took them. You might be a grandma here. You might be a mom or an aunt or a sister or something, but keep doing what you're doing. Keep raising your kids. Keep raising your niece and nephew. Keep raising your grandkids in the way they should go. You know what Proverbs 22, 6, 6 says? Train up a child in the way he should go. And when he gets old, he will not depart from it. Amen. Let's bow our heads and close our eyes. Father, thank you this morning for your word. Thank you for these three powerful women in the Bible. Moses, more than three. Moses, his mom. Moses, his sister, Miriam. Pharaoh's daughter that we don't know her name Father Mary the one who gave birth to the Savior Father for this woman we don't know her name this Syrophoenician woman who who was bold enough to go in and stand before Jesus and pass that test and say yes even the dogs eat the crumbs under the table Father I pray this morning for a spirit of humility a spirit of boldness a spirit of love a spirit of compassion to continue to be the makeup of these women in this church today as we honor these mothers. We honor these, these women who have sacrificed so much for their families. We pray today, Lord, that you would minister to their hearts, that they would feel loved and appreciated, God, and, and that maybe they'd be challenged today to do more for the kingdom of God, to stand in the gap more than they ever have before. As your heads are bowed and eyes are closed all over this place, I want to remind you what the Bible says about you. The Bible says that Jesus came down from heaven to, to, to sacrificially die on the cross for my sins and for your sins. The Bible says that one day we will all stand before God. We will all stand before a holy God and we'll have to give an account for our lives. And the Bible says that if we put our faith in Jesus Christ, because he said, I'm the way, I'm the truth, and I'm the life. If we do that today, he will save us. He paid a price we could never pay. He, he is the ultimate sacrifice as he gave his life for us. And today, if you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and your Savior, I'm, I'm not asking if you believe in God. I'm not asking if you have been to church. I'm not asking what religion you are. There's no religions in heaven. The Bible says that those that will be in heaven are those, the Bible says, I'm quoting the Bible, not my own words, are those who have put their faith in Jesus Christ because he's the only one who's ever defeated death. All the great saints of the Bible, all Moses and Abraham and Sarah and Moses' mom and Pharaoh's daughter and Mary and all the women in the New Testament all, and, and Ruth and all the people who've ever lived all died. 
and they all needed salvation. But Jesus defeated death. And today, if you don't know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, if you've never said a sinner's prayer and said, Lord, I need a salvation, I need a change this morning, I want you to know that right now you can do that. Today is the day of salvation. If you're here and heads are bowed and eyes are closed and nobody's looking around, if you've never said that prayer, just put your hand up real quick so that I can see it. I want to pray for you. Say, I've never given my life to Jesus. That's me. Just put it up and put it down. God wants you to give his, your life to him today. He wants to, he wants to come in and take over. How many? That's me. That's me. Maybe you're backslidden today. Maybe you, you do believe, but you don't know Jesus. Today's the day. You can make that decision. Fall in love with the Lord. Give your, your heart to Jesus today. Moms that are here, as we close this service, I want to challenge you to not be discouraged by what you see. Maybe you're not seeing the results in your life that you want to see, but th this is a long race. Maybe you feel guilty. Maybe you feel ashamed. Maybe you feel condemned by the enemy for things that you failed to do. Don't listen to the enemy. Listen to the Word of God. Listen to what God says about you. You've got a future. Love what John said at the prayer. The, the, the rearview mirror is small. Don't look back. Look forward. I haven't been a very good mom. I haven't been the mom I want to be. Tomorrow's a great day. Today's a great day to start being that woman of God that you want to be. You don't have to wait till next year. You can do it today. As we stand to our feet this morning, I want to open up the altars for some time of prayer. I would love to agree with you together. Our, our leaders and people would love to pray with you today and just pray for you. I, I know this morning as we open up this altar, amen, you're welcome to come and pray. I, and we're going to sing a song. I know that there are many feelings represented on a Mother's Day. I know that there's sometimes just great joy. Sometimes there's hurts. Some of you have lost your mother. Um, I was talking to someone for church, before church that lost their mother 23 years ago. Real young. And I'm sure it's still hard today on a Mother's Day. Think about that mom. Maybe some of you didn't have the relationship with your mom you wish you had. Maybe today you don't have the relationship with your mom you wish you had. Some of you have your mom here. What a blessing. Whatever it is, maybe you're here and you say, you know what, I, I want to turn over a new leaf today. I want to begin to be the mom God's called me to be. I want to continue to be the mom called, God's called me to be. Whatever it is you need prayer for today, find a place at the altar. Find a place at your seat. And let's just seek the Lord a little bit for a few minutes.